0: What is good, Defenders? And there is a lot of good indeed. It's time for episode 119 of the most LAFC podcast on earth. Listen to in 73 countries worldwide it's time for defenders of the bank and yes that's the voice of your friendly neighborhood scarf J. R. Liebert, recording here in world famous PhilaMonster studios right next to my partner in pod and i'm pretty sure the reason why we only got one game of press passes at the bank instead of two christian philly philemon everybody Woo! I'm cracking this open because I'm not upset
1: or depressed or stressed. I'm cracking it open because it was a fantastic day. What a fun day, scarf! We were fortunate enough to have some media passes for today's match. Never been more excited to get back into the bank, brother. Six and a half months since you were allowed. You and I were allowed in the stadium. It was the Philadelphia Union game. Yeah, it's the third game we've covered from the vantage point of being media. We weren't in the press box, although we got to enjoy life up in the sunset. God, I miss our Founders Club. God, I miss our friends. God, I miss the stadium. But I certainly don't miss extending that LAFC losing streak, brother. We're winners today.
0: Oh, man, Philly, you know what I miss more than anything? We'll talk about this, about being at the bank today, which, again, huge thank you to Aubrey and Seth and everybody over there at LAFC PR. And I jokingly say that Philly was my reason that we only got one game because from what I understand, a lot of the other outlets have been only given one pass per match. And we were given two, obviously, with both Philly and the scarf, talking about ourselves in third person here, attending the match. I would much rather, and I said this to Larry when we were talking with Larry Friedman, president of LAFC, You know, I told him, I said, I'd much rather do one game with my partner and pod by my side than for Philly to get a game and for me to get a game. And we both experienced the eeriness that was Bank of California Stadium without fans. But you know what? I miss more than anything. And we got a little taste of that led by Julio out in the parking lot across the street. I miss the 3252. All due respect to everything that Al has done for match day presentation. And it was pretty cool to be there and to see the ribbons, the way that he has been doing everything on the electric reels out there, to see the scarves up, to see the Falcon flight. Good on you, Ken. That was really cool. Yeah, that was dope. They, they pre-taped, I don't know if you guys got to see this, but they pre-taped a Falcon flight with, I'm assuming Ollie. They didn't actually say who, I don't think. Um, But they pre-taped the Falcon flight and uh, Ollie grabbing the Vancouver lure. And and it was really cool. I thought that part where it was a 360 camera went all the way around with the Vancouver lure in the talons there of Ollie. That was really cool. But man, Philly, we sat there at 6 o'clock. So we're talking 90 minutes from first kick. We sat there at 6 o'clock, and you know what we realized, Philly? Birds. Birds live in the roof of (laughs) Bank of California Stadium. It was unlike anything I had ever heard before. There's another story that I want to tell, too, about the bank in just a second, but I, I want to let you interject here. Philly, birds live in the roof of Bank of California Stadium, and we only knew that because it was like the Bjork song goes, Oh, so quiet.
1: It was really quiet. It was really eerie. You could hear a pin drop. And I don't And I don't use that as an exaggeration. They didn't have... The press boxes aren't open uh, for the media, so they have everybody scattered around up in the Sunset Club, all in the suites. And we got to be next to our, our good buddy, Vince LaRosa, and, of course, Joseph Zacher, the first president of the 3252, and the head of Heart of LAFC podcast, hashtag LAFCpodfam. We were up there, and you saw Paul. Paul was in charge of security. <laughs>
0: yeah, this is the story I was going to tell, but go right ahead. Oh, okay. I mean, I, I mean
1: I'll mean, i let you take it, but it's funny because I'll let JR finish the rest of this, but I barely heard him, and I was right next to him. But then, <laughs> JR, you did what?
0: Yeah, so here's the crazy thing. We were up, and look, first of all, we, we didn't have it rough, right? For the first time in our... LAFC fandom, we got to watch a match from the Sunset Suites. That was pretty cool. Suite number eight, of the Sunset Club, Sunset Deck, just a couple of suites over from the bar up there. If any of you guys have ever been to the – it's not a pool, guys. It's a water fixture. That's what I was told when they escorted me out in 2018 when I was in the pool. Either way so – That's what uh, you get for
1: swimming laps and trying to be Michael Phelps again, bro. Listen,
0: if I brought my goggles, I would have been okay. It was unsafe equipment use is what I was told No, it was the Speedos
1: I heard that you got threw out for. <laughs>
0: I mean, there was just one Speedo, but it didn't cover enough, I think, was oh. the problem. My apologies out there. What but- was it?
1: The Borat Speedo?
0: <laughs> oh, yix shines yes. a sky. Very nice. <laughs> but we were standing behind the glass, suite number eight, in the Sunset Club. Right by the bathrooms, by yeah, the way. Yeah, right by the bathrooms. We're-, we're three levels up, right? So there's Field, then there's Founders, and then there's Sunset. And we saw Paul by the secondary tunnel, so not where everybody comes out during match day when they play Ennio Morricone. And man, that was so sad to have that happen. Not everybody go through, but that's fine. So the secondary tunnel, Paul is sitting, or actually standing right at the entrance of the secondary tunnel, and and literally just like I'm about to say it right now, I go, "Oh, hey, Paul, how are you, buddy?" And and just like that, from three levels up, Paul turns, looks up, and goes, "Oh." Hey, man, how are you? And I go, well, you and I are having a conversation three levels away from each other, and we're talking normally. We are talking normally. So, by the way, props on the acoustics of Bank of California Stadium. They clearly work. But it was surreal to be able to have a conversation with Paul, the head of security of LAFC, three rows up. I'm telling you, Philly, the video that you and I took, it was just so Quiet, so still, so almost serene. But it it felt, according to Vancouver, it's going to feel more like the eye of a hurricane (laughs) in just a little bit because that was unbelievable the performance that we had today. But it it was uh, look, look, we we saw Max, we saw Rogo, we saw Alex Sale and Pat and, and people that Yuli was there. People that we hadn't seen in quite a while, and obviously we had a good conversation with our buddy Larry. Uh, a couple different conversations. Wrestling I mean, came up, of course. Wrestling it always came does. up. R- rest in peace, Animal of Legion of Doom. By the way, oh, what a rush. right? That was a that was a sad one this morning when we learned about the passing of, as I found out, James Laurinaitis's dad, the former linebacker there. But it, you know, it was it was great to see people, but just sad, kind of eerie, odd, and so twenty twenty of everything that we experience at the bank today.
1: Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, we could go on and on and about this, and I I really do, but we should probably at least let the millions— And millions. —know what to expect on Defenders of the Bank, and we're going to give you the usual, as we always do, because we like to remain consistent. We're going to give you this day in LAFC history. We're going to give you the match recap, but before that, we're going to give you news and notes, then we're going to give you the match recap. (laughs) We're hopefully going to fill in the void of the wait—
0: what?
1: what moment of the pod. And this is nice because we actually get to do this in the
0: same room. Anytime we're on Zoom or Skype, it's usually off. And we've planned the wait what moment. So t- we have one, guys. We decided on one. We've agreed on one. Whether or not we remember it, only time will tell. Ah, Maybe we should just start the pods with wait what. <laughs> no, no, or no, no, if no. we lose, we- like I
1: said, maybe the wait Wise. Oh, right. Any- but anyway, so let's get into it because there's a lot of fun stuff to talk about. Nobody wants to hear you and I rant and rave about, you know, what we've got to do. Uh, I mean, although it's fun telling the story and just reimagining it. But let's get into what the Defenders listeners want to hear. So, Professor La Bufanda, take it away with this day in LAFC history, brother.
0: Yeah, this day in LAFC history, we are now recording. It is 12.15 a.m. on Thursday, September 24th. And the nice part is, I didn't have anything for September 23rd, so this win... We're going to bury the lead a little bit there. Hopefully, you're not getting any breaking LAFC news from this podcast, by the way. We won, and we'll talk more about that in just a little bit. But this win will go down as the first event I have on September 23rd. Let's talk about September 24th, 2018. Walker Zimmerman named to the 2018 MLS Week 30 team of the week. So that was pretty cool in 2018. And on September 24th, 2019, FIFA 20 was released with Carlos Vela with an 83 overall rating and still... No Bank of California Stadium. So that's FIFA 19 and FIFA 20, both without Bank of California Stadium. We'll see what happens in FIFA 21. The next day, September 25th, this was 2019. LAFC defeating Houston at the Bank 3-1 en route to clinching our first Supporters Shield. It was a Carlos Vela penalty in the 23rd, Diego Rossi in the 70th, and Edward Atuesta in the 82nd. And in that match, Carlos Vela becoming the first player with 30 goals and 15 assists in a season Are you kidding me? He would go on to notch four more points, 49 overall. Absolutely unbelievable season, of course, last year for Carlitos. And in that match, it was the return of Christian Ramirez, his first match since we traded him to Houston. He played the full 90. And moreover, my memory that I will always take from watching our boys in black and gold clinch that supporter shield, was that after the teams had left Christian Ramirez came back out onto the pitch in full uniform and went over and celebrated or at least went by our boys and really there there were plenty of guys out there that were giving him hugs he was giving them hugs and it, it was it was a real cool kind of gesture to see Christian Ramirez celebrate with our guys the way that he did Our last little bit on this day in LAFC history will take you to the 26th. In 2017, we had not yet played a match. LAFC fans took over the left field pavilion at Dodger Stadium as the Dodgers defeat the Padres for their 100th win of 2017, but still no World Series. It would be six months until the first LAFC game, but the fans took over the left field pavilion Dodgers defeating the Padres and again Dodgers bearing down on a World Series we hope this year as well. Gotta get Clayton his ring. That is this day in LAFC history. Philly let's talk about some news and notes and there was a big piece of news today and that's unfortunately I guess fortunately I don't know I can't feel bad for him. We we talked about this on a couple of podcasts ago Philly. Danilo Silva literally left it all out there on the pitch and announced his retirement today before the match.
1: Yep. Defenders, Danilo Silva announced his retirement today. We saw it via social media and can't say that it was a surprise. Scarf and I had talked about it during the last several pods where when he came out of the last match injured, we were like, This is probably going to be the last that we would see of Danilo Silva. Of course, he appeared on the injury lists and the injury reports. And then slowly but surely, a couple matches later, here we are in retirement. Now, in the three years he was in L.A., Danilo saw action in 21 regular season matches, 12 starts. Logged in about a thousand forty-three minutes, he would tally his only goal for LAFC during that three-to-two postseason loss against really salty Lake on November the first, twenty eighteen. Christian Ramirez scored in that game as well. You were referring to him earlier. I thought I'd give that up. <laughs> but yeah, Silva began his professional career in this league in two thousand five. Actually, playing at five matches with Bob Bradley for the New Jersey Metro Stars. I'll never call anything from there <laughs> New York. But yeah, he announced his retirement. Guy had a good run, man. 16-year professional career. Definitely won some silverware when he was at Dynamo Kiev. A team that you definitely see in the Champions League. Again, 21 matches with us, 12 starts. Uh, his, in, his career with us was plagued by injuries and back injuries, which, dude, back injuries are so awful, man. I remember when I injured my back, it was hard just to get in and out of a car to go see the chiropractor. I can't even imagine the type of back injuries he must have had, but we want to thank you for your time, Danilo. Lots of luck. All the best to you and yours on your next adventures in the game of life. You'll always be black and gold to us, my man. Respect.
0: Yeah, Danila Silva, one of the defenders of the bank for our first couple of seasons. So you guys know we've got a lot of love for Danila Silva on this podcast. Again, Thank you for your time in Black and Gold. Another player who we haven't seen nearly enough of in Black and Gold, but you can find a jersey of his in the closet of one Christian Philly Philemon. Yeah. L.A.F.C. announced today that goalkeeper Philip Ejimadu has been loaned to San Diego Loyal. Wait a minute, that's where we sent Alejandro Guido. What's going on down there in San Diego of the U.S.L. Championship League through the end of the 2020 season? L.A.F.C. of course retains the right to recall. Philip from loan during the MLS regular season, subject to MLS roster compliance guidelines. Look, he's been on our roster now for two seasons has yet to play minutes for the black and gold. He was loaned out to Tucson FC last season where he went five, five and five. Nice and easy to remember his match record. And his save was voted save of the year by (laughs) FC Tucson Philly it was almost 100 episodes since we were lucky enough to have Philip Ejimadu on the podcast. I believe that was our first player that we ever interviewed. I'll have to go back and look. It was either Hobby or Philip. It was most but it was definitely absolutely Philip. We were first time that we were at the Performance Center. We were able to interview Philip. That's the first time where we really got to meet Paul. And now Paul's yelling at us from three rows below. In fact, he didn't even have to yell. Either way. Philly, I know he is a huge, huge favorite here of the podcast. And look, the kid is still super young. He's got all the talent in the world, and we wish him all the best at FC Tucson.
1: Without a doubt. Look, he's got to be happy to be going to San Diego. I'd rather go to San Diego than Tucson. It's funny, uh, Scarf, we quote family guy like crazy. I don't know if you remember this, but... The, the episode where Peter gets a promotion and he gets to travel all over the world for work and all of a sudden he comes back sophisticated and the rest of the family's really pissed off at him but they hatch a plan to send him to the dumbest place in the world just to basically rehabilitate him back to normal Peter Griffin and if you recall they sent him to Tucson <laughs> he lost all that brain power by going to Tucson and I've never been there I, I don't know if Tucson truly is the dumbest place in the world but either way I'd rather be in San Diego than Tucson. And I am going to imagine that the millions... And millions. ...of Defenders of the Bank listeners. Sorry, I had to do that a second time. It's always (laughs) fun to do that. Would rather be in San Diego than Tucson as well. But yeah, Philip, kill it down there. You definitely need to get that playing time. And hey, you're not going to be lonesome because you got a friend down there. Alejandro Guido in his second match with them. He had a brace. Fun stuff going down at Landon Donovan's. San Diego Loyal. And we probably should go down there and pay a visit to our buddy Jerry who retired. Tired from Heart of LAFC, but good luck, Philip. Yeah.
0: Yeah, you know, last thing I want to mention in news and notes, please don't forget that September is still Kick Childhood Cancer Month. We've seen it advertised on LAFC's social media. You've seen it on Defenders of the Bank's social media. Remember to use that hashtag, Kick Childhood Cancer, on all your social media posts because for every post that uses the hashtag, Kick Childhood Cancer, Continental Tire will donate $25 to fund pediatric cancer research up to $50 thousand dollars. I'm really hoping we've gotten there by now. I mean, come on, it's September 24th. There's no possible way that we haven't had the 2,000 posts that you need with hashtag kick childhood cancer to raise that $50,000. But either way, don't forget September kick childhood cancer month. And please let's kick the absolute tar out of childhood cancer. And if you're expecting the schedule that was just announced for the third phase of the restart of the third part of the 2020 mls season that will happen at the very end of our podcast with a little segment that we like to call scheduling with the scarf we'll go over all nine matches it seems like they're being played in about a week but it turns out they're actually being played over a course of five weeks there and we'll talk about that at the end of the podcast one last thing i do want to mention philly i learned what an olympico was Thanks to Harris Majunian. And Olympico, for those of you that didn't know, because I didn't know up until I saw this highlight a couple days ago, that's what it's called when you score off of a corner kick. I had no idea that it actually had the name an Olimpico, and I found out, I did my research, this unique type of goal was named after Argentine striker Cesario, I actually said that Italian-like, I think. It's more probably Cesario, but Cesario Onsari, whose corner kick spun directly into the goal for the reigning Olympic champion Argentina in a 1924 friendly against Uruguay, and we would hear a lot from Uruguayans In this match, it's time, Philly, for the recap of, look, LAFC put it on their Twitter, and the Rams responded, although I said, no, we're not going to say it unless we get to seven, but you know what, Philly, I'll say it for you, because I know you really wanted to do it touchdown
1: yeah minus the extra point for those who are trying to be sarcastic but yeah we pulled a touchdown on him scarf let's get into that match recap let's talk about how much fun today was really quickly we played these guys four times right and by these guys and I'm gonna steal the term from scarf the name that we're gonna be referring to from Vancouver from now on Is the white flags. Why? (laughs) Because the white flag (laughs) basically indicates surrender on a field of battle. And within seconds of this game, there was no doubt about it that Vancouver was definitely now dubbed the white flags. I mean, literally
0: seconds, right? Literally seconds. Unbelievable.
1: Uh, We'll get into that fun part in just a bit. But our record against them in the four matches we played, we've won two, lost one, and we tied. Vancouver was our first loss of the season last year. We called that episode, and it was episode 18. That literally was 100 episodes ago, God, It was called BS at BC Place, which is the name of their stadium. That was a match that featured several of our younger players and the last match of Shaft Brewer's career with us. Sad. We lost that match 1-0 on a goal from Vancouver's former DP Korean international Inbo M. Hwang, who is no longer with the white flags. More on that later. But...
0: Philly, wasn't that the match, by the way? You mentioned we started our younger guys. I, I love to throw it on the podcast if I can. Three umlauts. Nico Hamalainen started that match. One of the reggae boys, Peter Lee Vassel started that match. Shaft Brewer started that match. And I have to say something, okay? I've seen this on social media where some people were saying, oh, that was where Mark Dos Santos figured out the key. If you bunker down and then counterattack, look what they did. They won one nothing off of the goal. Dude, we started three guys that were having trouble finding employment. <laughs> After they left us. All due respect to Shaft. We love Shaft. It took him like a year to find a team. I believe he's in Norway now. Is that right? And then we got Peter Lee, who's kind of struggling to find a squad right now. And Nico Hamilainen, he's at least, he's playing again somewhere. But, I mean, did he did he find the blueprint or did we just start a roster that was eh, kind of waving the white flag ourselves in that match? I don't know. But Philly, you're absolutely right. We've played these guys four times. We've beat them twice. We've tied them once. And we lost to them that one one nothing match.
1: You know, the funny thing is, too, the reason that lineup changed is because we had consecutive matches all within the span of a short period of time. Yep. <laughs> and funny thing is, in this 2020 season, that's going to be the case for the rest of the time. <laughs> always As you're going to learn on scheduling with the scarf, these matches are going to come at your rapid fire. And these podcasts, too, are going to come at your rapid fire. Pew pew pew. But pew. more on that later with scheduling with the scarf. That's right. For how awful Vancouver have been, Scarf, they've actually been ahead of us on the table. They prior to this result, they were sitting in fifth place (laughs) with fifteen points, sporting a five-seven and nothing record. These guys don't tie. They either win or they lose. (laughs) We're also with like our Mets. Yeah. Oh God, except uh no, actually no, this is pretty much how it is. There's there's fewer wins than there are losses. So this is exactly what the Mets are like. But we're also at 15 points, but we're rocking a four-five and three record. I wanna laugh because after another shutout. We finally get dethroned of being the team with the most goals in the league scarf. We are again, prior to this match, we were behind the Sounders. And I call them that because it's hard to call them the Flounders, especially with what they've done to us. Oh, hell, that's just me being sarcastic. I I can't be me. They're the Flounders. Uh, And and that's just how it is. But, you know, they're in first place. Why? Because they've scored 26 goals. Uh, They've only allowed 10. We have scored 25 goals, a lot more now, but that's... Good for second in the league. And again, I find it so funny. A couple of shutouts. We still score so many. But we've conceded 27. No wonder we are where we are. And bless the heart of those those Smurf quakes. They've allowed 33 goals. A lot more after today as well. And therefore, they're protecting a scarf from being number one in that category. Thank you so much, Matias Almeida. And thank you to (laughs) all of those in Smurf Village. You guys truly are number one in that category, brothers. Now,
0: yeah, Philly, uh, if I could interject for just a moment, if you don't mind, sir. smooth segues last year, when we played them for the second time, we hung six on them for the first time. And I had to make that amendment when we were doing our notes today. I said, wow, we hung six on them the last time we played them as if it was apparently something special that you do just to Vancouver. Well, guess what? It, it seems to be a little bit of a trend here. We'll talk about that in the end. But last time, look, we hung six on them. And I, I, look, we were doing some research and, and we found this out obviously last year. It's no secret because, you know, even Bob Bradley talks about it. Bob Bradley's son-in-law, mm-hmm. Andy mm-hmm. Rose, plays for Vancouver. And Philly and I are convinced that Andy Rose, a couple of years ago, Must have had like, you guys all know like the kids table at Thanksgiving or like you have to sit all the (laughs) way at the end next to that weird uncle that has the comb over and wears pants that are like four sizes too tight for him. I am convinced that that's where they sat Andy Rose two years ago. (laughs) Andy Rose is married to Bob Bradley's daughter, Ryan. And I'm convinced they must have put him either at the kids' table or in the garage out away from everybody else. Something must have happened. Because for the last two seasons, Andy Rose has done nothing but give Bob a little bit of an extra bit of loving in these games here. Last match, when we played them and beat them six to one. Part of that six was an own goal by Andy Rose. Now, this is a thing for Andy Rose. Coming into this match, he was the only player in Vancouver Whitecaps history with two own goals, one of them against us. Philly, there's no way, there's no way that Andy Rose would score another own goal against LAFC and his father in law, Bob Bradley. Would he? I, I
1: I don't know, but we're, we're going to talk about that in a little bit. He, he He's definitely going to move up from the kiddie table, Scarf, and, and th- come Thanksgiving time he's actually going to probably have turkey as opposed to eating Play-Doh, because that's what I did
0: when I was younger sitting at the kiddie table. I ate Play-Doh. That explains quite a bit. Yeah, you know, Philly, look, let's let's talk real quick about the run of form for Vancouver, and which, then we'll get right into the lineup. Which, yeah. which, oddly enough, hasn't been that bad. Yeah, look, it's been a little bit of an up and down for them since the end of the COVID Cup. Look, the end of the COVID Cup, they were riding high on the Hassal wall, who went, what, three matches without giving up a goal. It was absolutely incredible. But they were eliminated on a scoreless draw off PKs in the COVID Cup, and then they didn't score again for their next three matches either. So they went four full matches, Philly, without even scoring a goal. But since that run, they've won three of four coming into this match, and you mentioned it, tied with us in the table. Not anymore. But tied with us in the table, at 15 points. So they look pretty solid coming into this. Look, we're not going to rehash LAFC's run of form coming into this. Lots of stuff that hasn't gone nearly as well. But we did talk about this last time on the podcast. Edward Atuesta gives you hope. Edward Atuesta gives you so many things in that midfield. I, I just can't say enough how amazing it is to have Edward Atuesta back in the injury report, Philly. In the injury report, Philly, no surprises at all for what we saw from LAFC. No Carlos Vela, no Tristan Blackman, no Mohamed Traore. That was on the in-stadium injury report. And then your boy, Derek Rose, Andy Nahar, out for yet another match.
1: Unbelievable, man. Unbelievable. I mean, we talked about this on countless occasions, how that dude's Injury report is as long as, I don't know, Al Al Capone's track record of crime. I I don't know. That's a stupid comparison. Wow, 1934
0: call. They would like their reference back, but go on.
1: I can't help it. I mean, I was in Vegas, and I did hit up the Mob Museum. If you're in Vegas and you want to do something different, that Mob Museum is pretty cool, and they got a really, really awesome speakeasy down there where you could have some pretty kick-butt moonshine. But his injury report is just ridiculous. And look, we we took a shot with him. We probably are going to continue to take a couple shots with him. It didn't cost us much to get him, but man, he's he's built out of paper. Fortunately, that's the case. Losing Tristan Blackman is, is the hardest of them all because we knew about Carlos Vela. So that's the story with the injury reports for LAHC. Vancouver... <laughs> Here's the thing that gutted me. We knew about Maxime Crepeau. He, he fractured his left thumb. He had surgery on it back in back in July. Uh, the, the shocking one was Russell Tybert. This dude leads the team, leads Vancouver in minutes played. Him not being out there, midfielder, that's a big loss to them. Scarf alluded to him earlier. The person that we wanted to see more than yes. anything was the wall, Thomas Hassall. That kid made a name for himself. Vancouver had an extremely exciting match against the pesky pine trees of Portland, and we were pulling for them. Not only because we had Mark Dos Santos at the helm there, but this kid Hassal had save after save after save. It was beyond exciting. They took that game in a penalty kicks. Unfortunately, that wasn't favor of the of the white flags, but not having Hassall there sucks. And now you've got the third stringer, (laughs) the third stringer who played like a third stringer, probably more like a fourth stringer. They should have brought in Charlie Lyon.
0: And by the way, I
1: bring that up because we did do an interview with him, Scarf, right after the COVID Cup, which we are going to release hopefully soon. That's a really cool interview, and you get to hear his story. He, for those of you who don't know, he was our third string goalkeeper back season one. He only saw action against Borussia Dortmund. You're going to learn a lot about him and his interesting position of being a pool keeper in the COVID Cup but scarf man yes
0: sir no thomas Hassall. that was a bummer that that was the bummer that was the guy who i was looking forward to seeing play look it's really cool to think back 2018 when we saw vancouver play that we got to watch alfonso davies play for vancouver at bank of california stadium that's pretty cool to me and i think this kid Hassall could be the future you mentioned he's the future of canadian goalkeeping and my question was who's the president of canadian goalkeeping i have no idea but those two guys Alfonso Davies and Thomas Assal—they could be lining up for Team Canada in the World Cup in 2022. That could That's wishful
1: thinking, Scar.
0: Let's uh, let's get into the starting lineups. I'll take Vancouver, Philly. You can take LAFC for Vancouver. You mentioned it. The second string keeper turned third string keeper. Brian Meredith starts on the back line for Vancouver, and he would have a rough night. They had Jacob Nerwinski. They had Veselinovic. They had Derek Don Cornelius and Gutierrez on the back line. Bikel Baldissimo and Bear the killer bees in the midfield. And I call them that because their midfield killed them today. <laughs> that was pretty terrible. And they had Milinkovic, Dahomey that's probably my new favorite last name in all of major league soccer because he's the homie. Why not? And Lucas Cavallini starting on the front line. Philly, I was blown away. Now, I usually do the prep for the visiting roster. And if you heard one more sleep just, I don't know, last night or so, maybe this morning when you were prepping to watch the game, you heard me talk a whole ton about Ali Adnan and Freddie Montero, how they were probably the two most important players on that roster. And I'm looking at the starting lineup, Philly, and I don't see... Ali Adnan or Freddie Montero, and the first thing I thought of was: was there a plane crash? Did they did they not <laughs> oh. like they didn't take a plane anywhere? So where are these guys? Oh, they're in the eighteen. What is Mark Dos Santos? Look, we came up with the name the White Flags for a reason. It seemed like Mark Dos Santos was waving the white flag early, not starting by far, by far, his two best players, Ali Adnan and Freddie Montero. And with the injury, by the way, to Thomas Asal, you mentioned Charlie Lyon. Actually, Philly, the backup goalkeeper, just in case anything happened or in case you give up more than six goals, apparently, the backup goalkeeper is an 18-year-old named Isaac Bomer, who was signed 36 days ago out of their academy. And, of course, how many minutes of MLS experience does he have? A whopping, as many as you and I do, zero. (laughs) And also on the bench, to come into play a little bit later, the son-in-law of Bob Bradley, Andy Flippin' Rose.
1: Amazing the impact he had on the match.
0: No, the impact or the team from Montreal. (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh, that's there, there, there's your knee slapper. Of the Come on, that scarf. was quick thinking. No, it was. I, I will give you kudos for for being on, right. on, your, on your feet. But, who,
0: who started for L E F
1: All right, in between the pipes. No surprise, Pablo Cisniega, who was tested <laughs> absolutely <laughs> never Looked throughout the course of the match. Looks great today. For any of you who've watched Mighty Ducks two, Julie the Cat Gaffney <laughs> in the match against against Trinidad, where she was just. Bored out of her mind. That was basically Pablo Cisniega. We had Latif Blessing starting in in the back line. We had Dayon yakovic And one thing that we have not mentioned scarf. And if we had mentioned it, clearly that must have been a day that I was on autopilot. But Dayon Yakovic I never realized he was
0: part of the 10,000 club scarf. Whoa, so was Will Chamberlain. He talked about it in that one chapter of his book.
1: Well, according to Dennis Rodman and in his book, Bad As I Want to Be, that was more like 9,000 trips to the sperm <laughs> bank for Will. <laughs> oh, <laughs> man. But yeah, Dayon, part of the 10,000 club, and we're talking about minutes. This is a mark he hit against the Houston Oranginas back in, in July. In fact, he is only one of three LAFC players to have that mark. Jordan Harvey is the clear runaway with that, with Bradley Wright Phillips behind him. But Deion, he's had some burn. 28 matches, 23 starts. He might have had an impact on today's game. But yeah, I just want to give a quick shout-out to him. Eddie Segura and Cheeky Palacios.
0: Love those guys.
1: Jose Cifuentes, who continues to just impress oh. me. I loved how so many people tried to body up against him and take the ball, and it was like, nope, like running into a brick wall. More on that later. Sifu is the man. Edward Atuesta, the newbie oh. in the lineup, which I would say gave everybody that bit of, ah. Oh. In their lives, it was so exciting and refreshing to see him back. Clearly one of our MVPs, obviously, along with Diego Rossi. And kudos, he was wearing the captain's armband, Edward Atuesta. Mark Anthony K, Diego Rossi, Bradley Wright Phillips, who I will say had one a hell of a <laughs> night. And, of course, Brian Rodriguez, who he too had a hell of a night. But that's the starting lineup yeah. for your black and gold.
0: Philly, I-, I would like to mention one thing. I have... I'm a huge Latif Blessing fan, and I've said this over and over again. I think if I if I had to pick a favorite, right? If I had to pick a guy who I would watch over and over again, I think Latif would be my favorite, right? But after today's match, I think there's a 1A and a 1B with Jose Cifuentes. Jose C Fuentes is just awesome out there, how strong he is on and off the ball. We'll talk about this over the course of the match recap today. And something that was kind of neat, by the way, Philly, let's mention real quick, the in the 18, we had both Tony Leone and Christian Torres. So the Academy kids getting into the 18, we'll bury the lead here. They didn't make it into the match, but we had a very, only in 2020 substitution that we'll talk about later on too. But now, I do want to mention we we sat. You mentioned it. We sat right next to Joseph Zaker and Vince LaRosa, and Vince is a really even keel guy, right? Like he he doesn't celebrate the highs too much. He doesn't get too down about the lows. His reaction when we all found out that Edward Atoesta would be starting, he was wearing a mask, and you could still see the smile come completely out of his face. I mean, it was just so cool to see Edward Atoesta in the starting lineup and Philly. It would not take long for LAFC to put the pressure on Vancouver in the very first minute. LAFC forces a corner and Raito, who doesn't score any goals, so he must not be any good. Raito (laughs) with a perfect corner kick to Eddie Segura off the header. And Meredith has to make an early save literally less than a minute into the match. And another perfect corner. Just one minute later, oh, he all he does is uh, pass the ball for assists. He's not any good. That garbage <laughs> designated player, Brian Rodriguez. Assist number seven, by the way, he's just one off of the MLS lead. And if you counted assists on own goals, which we'll talk oh, about man, later, he it. would be leading. It's unbelievable. Brian Rodriguez, which I actually wrote in my notes as Brain Rodriguez. So I don't know what that tells you about how I was doing on note-taking. But Philly, that man you just mentioned, part of the 10,000 club, Found that header on the back line. And look, that's a play we've run with success with Mark Anthony Kay this season. That's a play we've run with success with Walker Zimmerman in the past. I was so happy to see Dayon coming up into the box. But it's that perfect corner kick by Brian Rodriguez. And two minutes in, Philly. One nothing.
1: It's stupid, and and the way we even got there is through great passing. So the corner happened. Cheeky Palacios fed Diego Rossi. Diego Rossi got a corner awarded to him, and that's what created the corner kick for Raito, who's that dude's clinical when he's there doing those corner kicks. And Deon's header. Dude, it was it, it was amazing, and in a minute the timing. We called it two minutes, but literally it was like a minute and thirty eight seconds into the match. All of a sudden, we've done something that we haven't really done consistently all season, and that score the first goal. We've said it before. They need to strike hard, strike fast, no mercy. They Cobra Kai'd the crap out of the white flags today. And it was almost impossible keeping up with all the note-taking. <laughs> but seconds after that brilliant day on header, we had a little bit of a scare. We had Cavallini, who nearly puts one past Pablo Cisniega. He didn't get enough mustard on it. So that avoided a draw real quick, which, you know, you think about that play. Right, I go back to that play a lot, especially as I was taking the notes and thinking about what we were going to talk about. If Cavallini managed to score, and if Vancouver were to have tied that match really quickly, would we have had the offensive output that we had today? No. And there was no save. I mean, again, Pablo had no shots on goal, but... That right there, seconds after we celebrated, it could have been ugly for us to go 1-1 into the uh, into the next minute.
0: Yeah, I don't know how Cavallini missed that ball. It was an absolutely perfect delivery that just seemed to go under his outstretched leg. It really should have been 1-1. But, you know, you're right. What we've seen with Vancouver is they were content to bunker. But if you listen to one more sleep, I mentioned that we would have to score first. And if we did, I predicted 4-1. I predicted four goals for LAFC. I didn't think I'd be off by a little bit. You mentioned the passing Philly and how that offensive output really came from passing. Well, in the fifth minute, it was Brian Rodriguez to Mark Anthony K to Diego Rossi and Meredith played it out for a short corner. And we took the short corner from Brian Rodriguez. was played to Rossi. He plays it back into the box. His ball deflected into the center of the box. And Philly, I did not know that Bradley Wright Phillips knew karate. <laughs> Oh, when we were talking about strike hard, strike fast, no mercy,
1: Cobra Kai, dude, it was a roundhouse kick, roundhouse off of that Rossi deflection, and he puts one past Brian Meredith, you're going to hear us say that several times throughout the course of this podcast, (laughs) and just like that, he ties our assistant head coach, Ante Razov, with 114 career goals, that's good, tied for sixth place in this league. But that goal that goal had to be, it's got to be a goal of the week candidate, if not a goal of the the year candidate dude's amazing Uh, having him on the (laughs) roster is 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 unbelievable obviously you know when we get fans in the stadium i hope we keep bradley wright phillips for a little while because if we ever see ian wright walking through founders (laughs) club you
0: may accost him
1: Oh, I will. And I'll tell him this. Like It's going to be something he probably doesn't expect because I'm sure he's had a ton of knuckleheads, such as myself, going up to him and telling him how much he's a legend. But I don't even want to say that to him. I just want to shake his hand and go, you did well with, uh, with Bradley. Uh, thank you for producing such a great Aww, song.
0: no love for Sean?
1: Well, look, it, I mean, we ha- we don't have Sean on the team. I'm only giving love because BWP is on our club. If yeah. he stayed his career at the New Jersey Energy Drinks, I wouldn't say anything other than, <laughs> hey, Ian Wright, you're a legend. And by the way, yeah, your kids are okay.
0: Yeah, Philly, uh, look, we talk about Bradley Wright Phillips, and I mention it all the time, that old man YMCA game, that wasn't this. <laughs> this was <No>. something special. <laughs> no. This was karate. I don't know what happened. And, and Philly, let's let's travel to the 12th minute if you don't mind. We had Latif who got taken down in the box a little bit before this But you know what? I just want to go into the 12th minute, if you don't mind, because I wrote here 12 minutes in, and Philly and I are having trouble keeping up. Diego Rossi's shot, which, by the way, looked like a mirror image almost of the play that happened before, deflects right into the middle of the box, and I coined a term, and maybe I didn't coin the term, but I think I did. I don't even care. I'm calling what Bradley Wright Phillips did, not a bicycle kick, but a unicycle. Here's why. There was one foot still on the ground when he made contact with that ball. That's, that was the old man game version of a bicycle kick, I think, right? That's one of those where Bradley Red Phillips gives up his body and does a full bicycle for that. We may have to stretch or Bradley Red Phillips off for a little bit, and we may see a little bit more of Adrian Perez or Christian Torres. I don't know. But it was a unicycle. He had one foot on the ground. He still bicycled it. And all of a sudden, Anche Razov, is now in 7th place all time as Bradley Wright Phillips alone in 6th place, 115 matches. And you mentioned, Philly, how it was kind of poetic that Anche Razov would be there. And I I would love for you to talk about why you thought that was such a cool thing, that he saw not only the record tied, but also the record broken.
1: I mean, he'd been MIA for a little while because his wife Erin gave birth to their daughter. Congratulations once again. So of course he was tending to that and his child and his lovely wife Aaron and then I don't know, he I don't know if he said anything or if Bradley Wright Phillips was just waiting for Ante to come back, maybe Ante maybe BWP was was just waiting for him. I I, I don't know, but he ends up you said it, I mean a, a unicycle kick, sure. That 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 goal. It was it was amazing, man, and uh, you you gotta tip your hat off to that. I think you might have like tore your groin just watching that move. At thirty five <laughs> years old to have the agility that he has, you know. Talk about poor Danilo Silva. Poor Danilo Silva, plagued by injuries, the guy retires at thirty three. Dude, what about Javi Perez? Retired like, twenty four. Oh God, he had more. he had. Too many, too many ACL injuries. But then when you see a guy like Bradley Wright Phillips do his thing, and dare I say a guy like Zlatan at 38, you know, get a, get a couple goals for AC Milan, there's some people out there that genetically are just freaks. And and Bradley Wright Phillips, to do what he's doing, those types of acrobatic kicks, you know, giving poor Scarfe, making Scarf pull his groin, just <laughs> sitting down watching him. Unbelievable. And just like that, dude, four shots, three on goal, three goals. We didn't get... Three shots on goal all last game. And we've gotten that all within 11 minutes. And every time we turn our heads, another goal, like, holy, I don't know, whatever. It's just, they were coming at every single angle, you and I were having an unbelievable tough time. Number one, <laughs> not cheering because you know, we can't necessarily Because we're professionals, cheer. we're media. We're, yeah, yeah. We only support this club and love it with the bottom of our hearts. That was hard. I, I jumped up, actually, after the first you goal. Did. You and did. I, when I realized I made a mistake, as nobody else jumped up, I'm like, oh, I need to sit down really, really, really quickly. <laughs> but, yeah, man, what, 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 what an offensive output within 11 minutes. If you blinked or if you came late to the match, you basically missed half the scoring.
0: Yeah, Philly, I want to say something about the 14th minute I want to let Andy Rose take a quick little sigh of relief a little breathing break because Vancouver scored an own goal but it wasn't by Andy Rose yet yet (laughs) yet. so 14 minutes and and we all thought by the way from our vantage point which was as far as possible away from where this goal was scored by the way we all thought that Bradley Wright Phillips in just 14 minutes of time had a hat trick we, we thought it was, I mean, unbelievable play. Turns out he celebrated like he had a hat trick. But this one, put into the back of the net by Veselinovich. So congratulations to Veselinovich. He's got a goal at Bank of California Thank Stadium. Thank you, Ranko. And it was off of a pass from Brian Rodriguez, where if Veselinovich doesn't put this in, it is a sure goal for BWP. But Bradley Wright Phillips does not get credit for a goal, neither does Brian Rodriguez get credit for an assist. And that's something that I want everybody to think about here. So far, we're 14 minutes into the match, and Brian Rodriguez should have two assists. Theoretically, Bradley Red Phillips should have three goals. But... You know, all he does is not score goals, so it doesn't matter what Brian Rodriguez does. In the 22nd minute, thought this was kind of cool. One of Latif Blessing's fellow countrymen and actually yeah. fellow mates from the same city, both from Accra, um, Owusu checks in for the first time in just 22 minutes. They decide that the Killer Bees, and I mentioned this in the starting lineup, they had to break up the Killer Bees, Theo Bear, out of there from the same town as Latif Blessing is Owusu. So in the 22nd minute... In the 24th minute, I think I was being a little nitpicky here as we're up 3 nothing. I said, I would love to try and see Brian Rodriguez get that one on target. It was a pass from Edward Atuesta, and I felt like Brian Rodriguez was a little too unselfish, and I'm going to mention that now one of two times here on the podcast. He looked to cross it rather than to shoot, and sometimes I would just like him to be a little bit more Damian Lillard than John Stockton, if, if you guys understand the reference. Stockton would huh. pass it 11 times before he took a shot, but every now and then he took that three to keep you honest. I think we need Brian Rodriguez to take that three a little bit more to keep him honest. It was a yellow for Vancouver on a late challenge on Mark Anthony K, Michael Baldissimo with the yellow. And in the 28th minute, Philly, really exciting times, Pablo Cisniega touched the ball. <laughs> yeah, he caught
1: it. And just going back to that Mighty Ducks two reference with Julie the Cat Gaffney, he, he 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 didn't get tested. He he. We just wanted to see if he was paying attention. He caught a ball. Way to go, Pablo!
0: <laughs> yeah, he didn't have much to do today. In the thirty-second minute, if you guys could go back and watch this, Latif was way out of position. Right, he got burned, had to come all the way back. Dayan Jakovic, by the way, a heck of a play to keep that defender in front of him. But then. Latif does some sort of like spider walking or something Magic. to keep up with the ball. I don't understand how he did Ac- it.
1: Acro acrobatics.
0: Uh, it just yeah, uh, unbelievable. We're up what four nothing at this point, right? The own goal puts us up four nothing, and we thought, all right, we're gonna take our foot off the gas pedal. <laughs> no, 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 right. no, no, no. In the thirty third minute. By the way, Philly, let's let's back up. The fastest four goals. In Major League Soccer history, from time of kickoff to when the fourth goal was scored, scored, scold, scold. He, scolded, you that, the yeah, he scolded the ball. Yeah, uh, scolded the ball. For all of you that are keeping track out there, LAFC breaks another record fastest four goals in a match in NLS history. Well, in the 33rd minute, a beautiful give and go from Diego Rossi to Mark Anthony K, back to Diego Rossi, number 11 for the golden boot leader on the season. And the record that we just broke, fastest four goals in a match in MLS history, we now broke the record for fastest five goals in a match. And I turned to Philly and I said, Philly, can we get ten?
1: I mean, at the rate we were going, it definitely seemed likely. I think right around that point is where we thought to ourselves, maybe this episode we can call it. And we didn't actually name the episode in the intro, but "Touchdown L.A.F.C." is what I t- looked over and leaned in scarf and said, "Hey, we might have an opportunity to call it this way." But you know, despite having what some would call an off season for L.A.F.C., we we continue to break hearts and set trends. We did it with the four goals, but then Scarf mentioned we we scored a fifth and. We broke again. We scored five goals in the first 32 minutes and 13 seconds of this match. Fastest in MLS history. Again, if you missed the first 30 or so minutes of this game, you might as well have turned your clicker off because the second half was really about padding the stats for our passing (laughs) accuracy. But wow, 32 minutes, 13 seconds. I-, I can't believe you and I were actually fortunate enough to be at the bank to witness this, my man. Yeah, Philly, that Clinical. record,
0: the record that we broke stood for, what, about two weeks. It was the Seattle Sounders that set the record in 32 minutes, 43 seconds, 30 R- seconds slower Rops. than we did. Now, only just two weeks or so ago, F I. LAFC for all of you Dave Chappelle fans out there. (laughs) LAFC almost gives back another, by the way, on the counter in the 34th minute. This is the second time that we have done this off of our five goals. So I guess if you only do it two times out of five goals, you still have three there that you can work with. LAFC really needed to focus off the opposing kickoff, the deflection before it makes it to Pablo Cisniega. So still, again, up until this point, and And look, Pablo was not tested at all. But Pablo also looked great. There weren't any plays where he was really that badly out of position. I felt like everything was going well. 35th minute, it really did seem, Philly, like every ball was bouncing LAFC's way. Sifu tracks down a ball on the wing because he, this is the first time that we mentioned it, absolutely refused to be bodied off of that ball in the 35th minute. Please watch the way that Sifu makes these runs. He is looking to get shoulder to shoulder with his man so that he can body him off the ball. It was incredible. Sifu tracks down the ball on the wing, makes the cross to Diego Rossi, And it deflected off a defender, but right back to Rossi, who just kind of fanned on the shot. It would have been a beautiful play had he been able to get to it. It really could have been six for LAFC that early on. 38th minute, we had a little nutmeg by Brian Rodriguez, but an easy save by Brian Meredith. And 39th minute, Mark Anthony Kay, we mentioned it, was playing better and better and better in this match with... With an absolute dime to Edward Atuesta, whose pass ahead to Brian has played out for yet another corner.
1: Absolutely. 42nd minute, Raito with a great takeaway in the box, but just can't find the angle to shoot. Makes the pass across the box, and it's cleared. Again, love to see him pepper that in there, man. Love. That would have been a, a really nice feeling. And we had Bradley Wright Phillips breaking a record, we had Diego Rossi furthering his case for being the golden boot leader. Raito could have had, you know, a couple more assists. I really wanted to see him score. I really feel like this could have been it. He's been linked, we've he's been linked with this whole Torino thing and I never and I don't want to sound bad about this, but I don't trust anything that comes out of the Italian media or a lot of European media for that matter because there's really no checks and balances like there is here in the States. The only reason I even gave this any type of look is because Taylor Twelman talked about it. He tweeted about it uh, a couple of days ago. And I thought, you know, here's a guy who really does his homework. If Taylor's talking about it, this could be it. And I was very curious, coming into this match, whether or not we would see Raito. Because typically, when players are about to make those transfers and shifts to other teams, they don't play in the lineup. They sit this one up. But Rodriguez was there. And from what I'm hearing, this deal, I don't don't, don't think it's going to happen. So, I I don't have it confirmed, nor am I the type of guy who Who's gonna tell you that it's confirmed or, or break any kind of news, neither is Scarf, but doesn't look by the looks of it it doesn't seem by the looks of things that Raito is going anywhere. Anyway, 43rd minute LAFC and Mark Anthony Kane, in particular, they were playing more physical tonight, which is interesting because we would expect that more out of Vancouver based on the way they were playing, but it was clean. Brian into the box for Bradley Wright Phillips, that could have been another dope situation, but it deflected Forty-fourth minute Vancouver has seven back right now, bunkering like crazy, and that's the odd thing. You figure you're down five-nothing. You're gonna keep seven people in, in in the back now? They're I mean they're totally waving the white flag. Minute of extra time, now called the extra mile extra time, by the way. Shout out to our, our good friend and president of LAFC Larry Friedman for making that deal happen. And halftime whistle blows, once again. Fastest five goals in MLS history. And let me give you the stats before I transition this over to Scarf. And this is a fun one LAFC 10 shots to their four. LAFC, six shots on target to their nothing. And like I said, last game, we had two shots on target. Abysmal. Possession. Rocked it. 67% to their 33. Passing accuracy. We maintain 90% passing accuracy. 90. 90%. And if we go by all the... And if we go based on all the players, I mean, their passing accuracy was great. Although I will say Vancouver in the 33% of the time they held on to the ball, 85% accuracy. Seven corners to their two for us. Five Fouls, them, are four. Offsides, us, one. Yellow cards, them with one. Man, we absolutely rocked it. And I know some people out there listening to this are going to say something silly like, oh, well, they didn't play Freddie Montero. They had their C squad. They had their this. They had their that. We brought our A game. Who cares?
0: Who cares? Tell me you weren't entertained. Scarf, were you entertained? I believe the line from Gladiator is, are you not entertained? Right? Oh, yeah. Come on. Look, you play the team in front of you, right? You play the hand you're dealt. LAFC played the hand that they were dealt an incredible first half. Five goals in just 30, what is it, 32 minutes, 13 seconds, right? Was that the record? Halftime comes about, and we get to see Bob Bradley's son-in-law, Andy Rose, and Godoy both check in. Not a lot, Philly. We were We were talking a little bit with Vince and with Joseph, not a lot happening through the first 10, even 15 minutes of action. In fact, it was 11 minutes in when something you will only see in 2020. We looked, and Philly, I I, I channel your Islanders fandom here on this one. I called it a line change. <laughs> LAFC making four subs at once. And you mentioned, you're like, yeah, that's something you can only see in 2020. I forgot because uh, you know you have so many subs now because of all these rules. There are only three substitutions if everything was normal. But, of course, nothing is normal because this is 2020. LAFC makes four subs all at once. Line change. Mohamed el Munir for Cheeky. Pancho Ginella for Mark Anthony K, Jordan Harvey for Dayan Jakovic. And the Moose. Moose. Bradley Wright Phillips comes out for Danny Musovsky. And finally, finally, Vancouver Even after they've waved the white flag for some reason, Freddie Montero checking in for Dahomey, and that's actually his last name. Freddie Montero checking in, who I feel is their best and most creative offensive playmaker. Again, the guy who's just four assists away from becoming a 70-goal scorer, 50-assist maker in his Major League Soccer career. Not too shabby. Unbelievable to me that he doesn't start. And Philly, I'll bury the lead on the other thing we talked about. We never saw ali adnan for this entire match a real bummer for us in the 60th minute look it wasn't the best clear that pablo cisniega had ever had one of the few times that he had to wake himself from his slumber out there to do something (laughs) but but really in the 63rd minute we could have seen a a goal by danny musovsky after a great ball in from Pancho. And, and just like that in the 64th minute it's musovsky again look you've said it time and time again, and I think you're you're on the Danny Musovski bandwagon a little bit more fervently than I am until I saw these plays in the sixty third and sixty fourth minute in the sixty third if not for a bad touch by moose, it really could be seven nothing, and in the sixty fourth minute an incredible one handed save. By Brian Meredith. And I was kind of happy that Brian was able to get some sort of nice save to add to his B reel for whatever free agency opportunity he has to look forward to after this match. <laughs> but, but either way, it was an incredible one handed save off a great header by Danny Musovsky. And then just like that, we're trying to pad some stats. Like you mentioned, we were padding our passing stats. Raito pads the save stat for Brian Meredith, a little worm burner, and a shot saved easily by Brian Meredith.
1: Without a doubt. And that brings us into our 69th, Giggity. there it is, minute where we had our 69th, Giggity. Raito. Well, at, from our vantage point, we thought Raito would have notched yet another assist because we were under the impression that Danny the Moose, Moose scored his third career MLS goal. Unfortunately, that wasn't the case. It was a Vancouver own goal.
0: No, Philly, don't tell me. There's, there's no way.
1: I, I I can't steal the thunder from you, but but. You know, we've heard of such things as corporate corporate espionage. Is there such a thing as like inter like squad like sports espionage? Because this is just too good to be true. It's it's just too juicy. The man from Melbourne, Australia. The man married to Ryan. You know what, Scarf? I don't want to steal the thunder. I know you were chomping at the bit because you actually called something like about this earlier in the match. You tell tell him, Scarf.
0: This I, I can't believe that for the second match in a row against LAFC, he came into the match. You have to understand, understand. Andy Rose coming into this match was the only player in Vancouver Whitecaps history to score two own goals against his team. And of course, one of those coming for LAFC. So I thought there's no way that Andy Rose is going to become the first Vancouver Whitecaps player to score three own goals against your team and, and not, not while his father-in-law is on the sidelines. Uh, look, you mentioned the word juicy before. I think that's what he's trying to think about that Thanksgiving turkey that he's trying to inch closer and closer to on the Bradley family table there. It's an own goal for Andy Rose. And I have to say, I felt bad for the guy. But Philly... Who assisted on the own goal yet again? The guy who all he does is make great passes for assists. The guy who, despite having two assists taken away from him today, is now second in Major League Soccer with seven assists. He very well could have had nine, and he'd been first in the league in assists. Brian Rodriguez, yeah, but he doesn't score goals, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, this is a scarf. Look, I know I'm getting on all you guys that are haters on Brian Rodriguez out there. Watch the way he plays. Yes, there were several times in this match where I would have loved for him to be more Aggressive and take some more shots on goal. But you know what? He had the luxury of finding his teammates because he was already up five-nothing before this. Oh, maybe because he's also playing within the system. Guys, he's doing things that opens things up. I'm so tired of reading all the hate for Brian Rodriguez out there when he's second in the league in assists, but he doesn't score goals. 72nd minute, I feel like that Joe Kelly pouty face right now is all (laughs) I want to give some of our fans. I was bummed because we knew we wouldn't see Christian Torres. We knew we wouldn't see Tony Leone because you and I were talking about it both with Vince and with Joseph and just amongst ourselves. Edward Atuesta in a moment like this, and he was in flipping credible out there for LAFC today. Edward Atuesta coming off the pitch for Bryce Duke, the 19-year-old, in the 72nd minute.
1: No doubt. Kudos to him. He had, I believe, the third most touches out of anybody on the LAFC lineup. We're talking about Edward Atuesta. And at this point, we don't need him to go the rest of the match. We need to protect him. But we can see that he can clearly go for three quarters of a match. Nearly three quarters of a match. Now, Bryce Duke enters the game. Very exciting to see the young man. The young man, is uh, he has a flair for the dramatic, and it's interesting. Again, the same age as Brian Rodriguez. Anytime we watch Bryce Duke on the pitch, I don't really, and I did not really recall seeing this, and if anybody out there can tell me otherwise, m- maybe, he doesn't make a lot of mistakes when he plays. In the short amount of time, he gets a couple touches. Yeah, a turnover here and there, but he doesn't make that many mistakes, Scarf. And that's what makes him kind of fun. He, he's not afraid to shoot from outside of the box. And I asked you, what would be more exciting? Seeing Brian Rodriguez score a goal or seeing Bryce Duke score a goal? You and I had different opinions on this. We
0: did. You're on Team Bryce Duke. And look, I'll say it because everyone's listening and they, they love to hear me look bad for being on Team Raito. I said it would mean the world to me to see Brian Rodriguez score his first MLS regular season goal more so than Bryce Duke. That being said, I would lose my stuff. If Bryce Duke also yeah. got one. In the seventy-sixth minute, by the way, oh. Philly, Latif almost got one. A beautiful pass, Danny Musowski. Are you kidding me? A great pass to Spring Latif Blessing, who got all of the crossbar. Yep, he definitely connected with the woodwork. We were staring
1: at goal number seven right in the face. The biggest goal margin defeat. Galaxy had the record eight to one. God, if we could have had 8 to 0, it would have been us. We could have broken another heart and set another trend, but Latif hits it off the woodwork. Moose fed him quite nicely. You know, we're going to have 10 minutes go by. Again, a lot of what happened in the second half, I jokingly said this earlier. It was basically about LAFC padding their passing accuracy stats, but Moose had a shot outside of the box. You won't you didn't hear us say this very often, but it was stopped by Brian Meredith and Freddie Montero kicked a field goal towards the end of stoppage. And- yes,
0: but Philly, there's one play I want to mention. sorry. That? I don't even have a note for this. What, I, what's that? But well, we talked about it, and I lost my mind. And I hope it was shown on the broadcast, but it happened a little bit farther away from the play. In the 84th minute, if you can replay the match, and, and they show a camera just on Jose Cifuentes, On this run to get to a ball, Jose Cifuentes absolutely trucks his man shoulder-to-shoulder, by the way. Shout-out to our friends over at Shoulder-to-shoulder. Absolutely trucks his man, Jacob Nerwinski. I mean, it was one of those plays where when Fuentes decided he was going to get to that ball, three things were going to happen. Either, number one, he gets to the ball and is off to the races. Number two, which happened, they both get there at the same time, he bodies them up shoulder to shoulder, and Norwinsky goes flying, or number three, maybe Sifu's a little bit late, and we might see a yellow or even a red for an absolute disaster of a collision or a tackle. But this is why I'm telling you, he is getting there with Latif blessing for me, because what Latif does that's special is something totally different than what Sifuentes does that is special. Watch the 84th minute and watch what Sifu does on this 84th minute. But Philly, you mentioned it. Not a whole lot to talk about. There was a play thwarted right at the end by Freddie Montero. So Pablo Cisniega, Philly, ends the game facing how many shots on target?
1: Uh, Goose Egg, a big fat zero, zip, zilch, nada, zero, no shots on target, nada. They had seven shots total, but none of them on target.
0: Yeah, Philly, look, this was not an inspiring offensive performance that LAFC had to gather and organize their back line to thwart. I felt, and look, I'm so glad we gave them this nickname, They really waved the white flag from the minute they took the pitch at Bank of California Stadium. Maybe it was Mark Dos Santos doing a solid for his former friends over in black and gold. I don't know. Maybe Ali Adnan didn't want to play today. Maybe the lineup that they were using, they thought, all right, this might work out. As a Vancouver Whitecaps fan, I would be so frustrated and so disenchanted with the effort that I saw today, despite a team that came in in seventh in the table, a team that came in with playoff aspirations. I believe it was the Vancouver Whitecaps Twitter that put it best at halftime. So Vancouver has a deal with A&W Root Beer. And by the way, a owns a bunch of, they're kind of like Dairy Queens or Sonics, right? Up in Canada. They've got, obviously they've got a and Root Beer, but they do burgers. They do fries. They do all kinds of stuff. I've been to an a before decent food there used to be one in Lawndale actually just off of Rosecrans but they tweeted out because <laughs> their tweets are sponsored by a too Vancouver has this whole thing they were down five nothing at half and usually like if it's LAFC we'll tweet something like work to do right or something that gives you a little bit of an optimistic approach Vancouver Whitecaps Twitter at halftime said well looks like you're not getting any free fries from a <laughs> today they mailed it in, that white flag that they started waving, Philly.
1: Yeah, and it's, and this despite them being on a bit of a winning streak, but. They've only really played Montreal and Toronto a couple of times. Had they won today, they were actually eyeing their first three-match winning streaks since September of 2017. September of 2017. I had barely moved here from New York at that point. But having won three out of four, maybe they had that false bravado thinking, all right, we got this. LAFC just got whooped. They're a wounded animal. We should be able to put them away. Oh, no. No. It took a minute and 38 seconds for us to strike and then 32 minutes and 13 seconds to basically just to set another record. And unfortunately, Mark Dos Santos is the recipient of an LAFC butt whooping. It was an butt whooping in the, the greatest of senses. Not only did we set all those records in terms of times for goal, but this was our largest margin of victory in our club history scarf. We Broke one record with the four. We broke another record with the five. And winning 6 nothing, we set another record. A
0: franchise record. Beautiful. An absolutely beautiful Wednesday. Yeah, and for the second time in our club's history, we hung six on Vancouver. And Andy Rose helped us to do it. It was pretty cool. I'm going to stop picking on Andy Rose because we know Bob and his family listen to the podcast. So we really appreciate you guys listening. Poor Andy Rose. Philly, let's go over the final stats real quick. I know you went through the shots on target and shots in general how, we were at 90%, I believe you said, at halftime passing accuracy. How do we end the match at?
1: So I will tell you this. you think being up 5 nothing that Bob would take his foot off the gas. Nope. Nope, that wasn't the case. We ended the first half with 10 shots with 6 on target. But... We, we It was just basically a little bit less than that. We ended the second half with, with well, one goal. I guess you could say your foot was off the pedal there, but nine shots, five on target. Overall, we had 19 shots with 11 on target. That's how you're going to get a bunch of goals, by getting a bunch of shots on target. Fantastic play. The passing accuracy, it fell to 89%. No big deal. Possession stayed roughly the same, 65 35 Again, despite having the ball for only 35% of the time, eh, Vancouver did of 82% passing accuracy. That's the tail of the tape. 11 corners. 11 corners. And with Brian Rodriguez being the dangerous setup man that he is, scary. Fouls. We ended up taking the lead on this. And of course, we had the lead in terms of offsides. But if you go down through the statistics of the players, the pa- passing accuracy across the board, obviously is going to be the case of her at 89. But man... Wh- We had the person who had the most touches in this match, Jose Cifuentes' scarf. And he had it nearly 92% passing accuracy. 108 touches, the most on the team. And he had 92% passing accuracy. And right behind him, if you can believe it, Latif Blessing. Actually, I can't say right behind it because it was the same amount of touches, 108, and he was just behind him with 91.5%. These boys passed the ball so well. And again, I joked about the second half being just padding that statistic. You know, this is more or less the LAFC of the old. And again, you could argue, well, it was against the Vancouver White Flag C team. Who cares, man? A win's a win. Scarf said it on the last episode when I complained that we weren't going to be playing good teams. A win's a win. We got three points. We should be continuing and collecting more three points. And that's the tale of this match. The white flags buried. Welcome back, Mark Dos Santos. (laughs) Do you regret leaving now? I would if I were you.
0: Yeah, Philly. And I believe if I'm the San Jose Earthquakes, I've got to be shaking in my Smurf boots. Uh, They're coming here on Sunday, September 22nd to round out our September schedule. And I'm optimistic that we may, Philly, we just might see another six put up against San Jose. But look, Major League Soccer also announced the what they're calling the final phase, I believe, of the regular season, thank God. And that is about 812 matches in October for <laughs> LAFC. We've got matches the next nine, or the last nine, the final nine, before we make our playoff push. It'll be decision day before you know it. Here are our next nine matches. In a little segment we like to call scheduling with the scarf, we go to Real Salt Lake, yet again to Rio Tinto on Sunday, October 4th, where we play a 6-30 match. And then our second straight match on the road, we head to Colorado, where it's going to be a reunion of sorts. We get to hang out with our buddy Stephen Betashore over there in Colorado on Wednesday. So in October, let's see, we start a game on the 4th, then we play three days later on the 7th, in Colorado, then we come home and play four days later against Seattle, and then we go back on the road. Actually, this is a uh, this should be a, a home match, but as I'm reading this correctly, that's it's an away match. Philly, you ready for this? Wednesday, October 14th, which would be our fourth match in 11 days. We play away against Vancouver at Portland. All right, let me explain that again. We've already talked about, if you listen to One More Sleep, Vancouver has not been able to go back to Vancouver to train, to play, to do anything. So they are staying at a hotel in Portland. They are staying at a hotel, and Mark Dos Santos calls it something out of The Shining. They are staying in (laughs) Portland. So our away match against Vancouver on Wednesday, October 14th is actually in Portland. And the interesting thing is, Philly, LAFC might just stick around and stay in Portland because just four days later, we play Portland at Portland because that's where Portland plays, not where Vancouver plays, but we're also playing Vancouver there anyway. I have no idea what's going on anymore. And then, for what I believe is only the fourth time this season, Carson gets to travel back to Bank of California Stadium. We'll play Carson yet again. It is a Sunday one thirty match, October 25th. So, oh my goodness, Philly, between the Portland match and Portland... Not the Vancouver match in Portland, but the Portland match in Portland. Okay. Yeah. And the Carson match actually in Los Angeles. And Carson fans, don't worry. We can explain to you how far that is in a little bit if you'd like. We actually have seven days in between, Philly. One full week between matches. I don't want to alert anybody. I don't want to tell anybody because maybe the people at MLS's scheduling committee messed up and gave us seven days in between matches. But we play Portland away and then Carson at home. And then, of course, we're back to our old... Uh, three days before the next match kind of deal we play Houston on the 28th and then it gets to be November just four days later we play San Jose away and we end our season Sunday November 8th at Bank of California Stadium against portland philly you mentioned a cool kind of a bit of history by the way in the portland seattle match today i know we're not a portland or seattle podcast but i thought that was kind of neat do you want to mention that cool little bit of history that you read to me off of twitter today between the portland seattle match
1: it was the first time that you had two sets of brothers lining up on the pitch we had two old Dans line up for the seattle sounders which that's pretty cool. Philly
0: just found out that there were two Roldans after the last match.
1: Yeah, I'm kind of embarrassed. I didn't realize there was another. But that wasn't the only set of brothers out there. We had two Charas. One cup. Oh, yeah, that was that was episodes ago. But yeah, two Roldans, two Charas. First time that's ever happened in Major League Soccer history. That's a pretty cool stat. It's funny that you mentioned, by the way, the whole Mark Dos Santos, Vancouver Whitecaps shining situation Yeah, because they definitely saw a lot of red rum tonight. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> that's my little joke. Of oh the evening. man, Red Rum! All right, so I had the one earlier. You think he's going to be out there tossing a tennis ball against the wall?
0: I don't think he is. I had my one earlier about the the Montreal Impact being the team from Montreal. Red her, Rum, you have the Red Rum one. Look, Philly, this—it's been a celebration. It's been a fun podcast, and and look, yes, you guys might be able to tell it in our voices. It's it's a lot easier to do a podcast after you win 6-0. Let's not kid ourselves, right? It's a lot easier to feel good about yourself after you win 6-0. Again, I'll say pump the brakes just a little bit because Freddie Montero coming in at halftime, no Ali Adnan. We're on the third keeper, and they probably should have gone to the 18-year-old kid at some point. This isn't the best team, but you play the hand you're dealt. And what we needed to do today is take all three What we need to do against San Jose in our next match on Sunday is take all three. And then all of a sudden, you look at where we are in the table. This is the exciting thing and how bunched up everything is. It is absolutely unbelievable what the table looks like right now. Because, you know, everything in Major League Soccer is so impacted, especially in the West. Let's look at it. Seattle and Portland, both sitting at 21 points, sporting at 20, Dallas at 19, Colorado at 19, and LAFC just three points behind. That's one win, just three points behind in sixth on 18 points. Minnesota also on 18, Real Salt Lake on 17. So the gap opens up a little bit to 10 points from top to bottom, but Philly It's one of those things where everyone is still so close together, but what I like about where we are on the table right now, first of all, in sixth, I'm not a big fan of that, but that's fine. But if you look, we now have a positive goal differential of plus four, and we are the only team in Major League Soccer to score more than 26 goals on the season. We are at 31 goals scored now not super happy with our goals given up but a game like today will really help and philly i'm thinking we ride this wave we take three more from san jose we get to play vancouver again in portland we're taking more points i'm just calling it right now we're gonna finish top of the table or right near the top of the table by the time this is all over
1: why not why not and we have a Very good opportunity to pad our goals for statistic against San Jose. These poor schlubs have allowed 38 goals in this season. That's god-awful with a minus 21 goal differential. Good for, oh, I mean, they might be on the verge of some kind of a record. I'd have to look at that statistic. Can they get relegated? (laughs) They might as well get relegated. Bring in the San Diego loyal. Why the heck not? (laughs) Let's see Philip Ejimato finally get his Major League Soccer debut. (laughs) Awful, but hey... We'll see what happens. They, they have scored 17 goals, which even though it's low on our end, but believe it or not, it's actually not low in terms of Major League Soccer. You'd have to go over to the Eastern Conference. I would venture to say that the Western Conference is definitely better because if you look at the Eastern Conference, the statistics are a lot lower. But I, I, I rant and I digress. We have to get this win. We have to get another three points. And if for whatever reason, Matias Almeida motivates these guys to, to score more goals than us, I'd be quite shocked. I would be quite shocked. But hey, man, forget that. That's down the road. We're enjoying today. It's been a fantastic day. It's 1.30 in the morning on Woo. Thursday, and we're still rocking and rolling like we did during the course of the match. It's been a damn good day, Scarf damn good day being at the bank seeing those seeing pat seeing seeing larry seeing seeing max seeing rogo oh damn it was fun today dude
0: Uh, the only thing it missed was some julius peppers at the end my friend with all of our good friends meeting us over at free play after the match look i am excited about where this season is headed I I mean, Bradley Wright Phillips is just awesome. This was such a fun match, and Brian Rodriguez still didn't score a goal. And that's all I have to say about that. And you guys know how we like to end our episodes. The next one is 120 for Defenders Ooh. of the Bank. And we will say, as always, Bye-bye.